And welcome back to another edition of Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey, Media Director for the Mayor's Office, and Mayor Koch is here with us. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Mac. This is not usually when we do our podcast. It's Friday morning at about 9.52. Gorgeous. Uh, definitely feels like a fall morning today. A beautiful day. We have lots to talk about today, but uh, okay. how are you? So far, so good. Good. The day is early. The day is early, but it's a Friday. It's Friday the 13th. We don't buy into any of that oh, stuff, right but too, yeah, it's yeah. a full moon as well. Yes, uh, my staff tells me the phones have been a little busy, so uh, <laughs> it was a little suspicion about the moon. This is true. This is true. I, I, I've heard the same. Um, so, uh, oh, by the way, I, we were, I was in Marina Bay last night having dinner with my daughter and, and bumped into... Uh, I hope a, you paid, Mark. Of course. I mean, why wouldn't I pay? Of course. Well, you have a reputation, you know. <laughs> it's my daughter. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so anyway... Um, we, we, we were walking by the boardwalk, and at Boardwalk Electrology is an old friend of mine, Carol Folsham. I'm not sure what her, if that's her name still, but I haven't seen her in a long time. But she says, oh, I listen to the podcast. So. Ah, there's one. Is one of our there's few one. fans. Oh, so, so, hello, Carol. Hello, Carol, and thank you for listening. <laughs> All right. So uh, we, had a, we had an interesting week before we get into the issues. Uh, this, to me, is a big deal, and I'm not going to say anything about not being invited, but you were able to go to David McCullough's house this week. Please tell us and regale us with that tale. It's funny when we got there. He he did say, you know, where's Mark Arias? He's not with <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's not, <laughs> of course, sure he did. <laughs> well, it was uh, around the anniversary of our uh, Hancock Adams dedication, uh, and as you know, Mark, that uh, David McCullough was front and center for the dedication, being the keynote along with the governor and the congressman. And just a remarkable, remarkable person. So we reached out to, uh, actually, his daughter kind of handles the schedule. We had a couple of keepsakes. We had a couple of mementos from the event that we wanted to present to him, thanking him for his, um, you know, presence there, the job he did there. But all he has done for Quincy and, and history in general, the nation, I mean, just he's just a, a national treasure, as, as been, he's described. So, yeah, we had the opportunity. We booked the time. We went down to Hingham, and um, it was it's terrific, terrific. His wife Rosalie was with with him, of course. They're they're married sixty five years. They're true partners in every sense of the word. They showed me around the house and in the back. He's got a beautiful setup where his office is and that famous typewriter. <laughs> um, pretty cool. So, and of course, in that in that study of his, that where he where operates and works out of, uh, there was the John Adams statue we presented him that day, uh, along with a lot of other memorabilia. It's beautiful. So we brought with him uh, a. A framed uh, with three photos in it with him speaking at the event uh, with the copy of the uh, invitation. So it, it, it really kind of tells the story a little bit in that frame. And, and um, you know, he's, he's just amazing. I, I could spend <laughs> hours with him. He, just listening to him and talk about history and life. And, you know, he's, he, was, he was priding me a little bit, too. You know, he, he's saying a lot of good things about the city. He loves what's going on in Quincy and the transformation that's happening. He said, you know, it doesn't only affect Quincy, it, it really affects the communities around Quincy. I hadn't really given that much thought, you know, but uh, leave it to him. And then, of course, uh, he asked me about the school system. And I said, we have an outstanding school system. I said, I love my teachers. We get along well. He said, what have you done for them lately, you know? He says that you should have a, a memorial for educators. I said, we actually do. Out in front of Quincy Heights, the educators green. I explained to him the sculpture that was made, and he said, "Wonderful, wonderful." So, uh, we had a great conversation. Uh, Lisa from Lamola uh, from our staff was with us to take some photos, and uh, he's certainly engaging with Lisa, and probably because she's far prettier than I am. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, they talked a little bit about the you know the writing 
history and her photography work. Um, and they're just so wonderful people. So we were almost out the door leaving because I was cognizant of his time and, and I had to be somewhere. So he's talking about the most important page in a book is the first page. That you got to grab people, you got to set the tone for the book. So he says, hold on. So he reaches uh, up. I can't believe I wasn't here for gra- this book. Grabs the, I, that's why I'm doing this. I really <laughs> want to rub it in my... He pulled his book, John Adams, down. Of course, there's all kinds of post-its in it. And he goes to the first page and he reads to me a paragraph. I could listen to him read the whole book to me, by the way. And then he talks about it and he pulls one word out. And he says, see that word? See him? The, the, the word... Mindful. I mindful yeah. that, that he was referring to really summed up that, that paragraph. And then he pointed to his wife. My boss is the one that suggested that word for, for That's that. Amazing. So he, he, again, the dish is so partner. She edits the book. She, you know, proofs the books and all that. They're just uh, amazing people. And they talked to a lot about their kids and how well they're doing. And one of her sons was the one that did all the work on the house. I guess he's a very accomplished contractor and craftsman. So um, no, it's just so pleasant. He he has great great um, things to say about the city and, of course, the the history of the city and, you know, and particularly the Adamses, of, of course. I talked to him a little bit about the recent book that I read about, uh, I think I mentioned it before on the show, perhaps, about John Marshall. And I was telling him how he was the first one that raised to me, uh, really, that, that Adams was the, the, was the, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I guess these are my words, but that Adams was the, the bigger giant of the founding fathers than Jefferson. Yeah. And I was telling him how this author on John Marshall really took some shots at Jefferson in the book about some of his flaws and course, one of the biggest flaws was owning several hundred slaves. So it was a great experience. One of those things that, you know, as mayor, you don't think about at the time, but you look back and say, hey, geez, what an opportunity I had um, to see people like that. So I spent some time with them and it's just, just good stuff. Another great blessing. Two-time Pulitzer Prize winning David McCullough. Yeah. And, and Presidential Medal of Freedom yep. recipient. Yep. Um, oh, so well, so well known. Of course, the American experience and over the years. He's all, he was the narrator. So narrator that's why his voice is, yeah. 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 Oh God, he's got that. Yeah. Voice. I've heard him, I think three or four times in public lectures and you get disappointed when he ends. It's like, no, yeah. no, keep going. Keep yeah, going. <laughs> he's yeah. just remarkable. Well, cause he really is. That's from his, that's from his heart. Everything he speaks. That's amazing. Oh, sure. Well, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Yeah. Good day. Too I bad he couldn't was. make it. Um, Too bad, yeah. Shame. I'm sure it was wonderful. Big fan, but that's all right. You're a fan of his? Uh, yeah. No, did you, did you know? <laughs> Just would have asked you. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> Let's go into the next issue, which I really think is important. There's a hearing this uh, coming week on uh, the CIP or the Capital Improvement Plan, sort of the rolling Capital Improvement Plan, I guess. So there's some sure. there's some really big items that are on the docket uh, that need to be taken care of. Uh, oh, just for clarification, by the way, for the public, the you know the city council is... Um, as the authority, the mayor appropriates, the city council either approves or not approves or cuts. You know, that's one of their major roles. So we work um, on a regular basis with the city council on all kinds of issues. Obviously, the budget sure. we present to the council and mm. other appropriations. And they have other roles, too. I'm just, but I'm, we're focusing on this. So, you know, it's recommended by our uh, financial advisors, bond council, all outside. And by the way, it's, it's good, good habit, business mm. habit that Check, we do. Checks a, and balances, yeah. Yeah, but, but that we do a five-year plan. Uh, each and every year we look at our capital assets because the capital assets are rated as much as you have money in the bank and the fund, the, the advisors look at that, the bond council looks at that, they want to see reserves, but they're not impressed with, with reserves if you're not maintaining your assets. For example, we spent a lot of resources over the years on our school buildings. We're spending resources on our firehouses. Those are all considered capital assets. And you can't let them go because then they become a liability. So when they look at our numbers and look at our spreadsheets and and all the detail, 
They're as interested as what we're putting into our capital assets and maintaining them and improving them as they are on our reserves. So that's, a, that's I think, an important point to make. The public understands that. So, you know, we have a five-year rolling plan. You know, uh, as soon as you approve it and start working, it becomes to some degree obsolete because it's things that happen. For example, we've, we've had times when something was approved by the council and then a boiler goes, for example. Sure. We weren't scheduled to do that boiler, but mm-hmm. that becomes the priority. you got to switch gears, pivot, and, and do the boiler in a, in a school or something. So just like a house, you know, you get all these things you got to take care of and maintain and t- um, uh, make sure that you're, you're, you're protecting your asset, you know. So uh, so there's a big, big array of lists. Um, I don't know if people realize, but in addition to the hundreds of miles of roadway we have, with all the pipes that go with it, you know, there's 83 some public buildings. There's all kinds of equipment that, um, you know, police, fire, DPW, parks need to do their job. Um, so, in you know, in this ride, I'll touch on a few of them, uh, Mark. You know, equipment-wise, for example, uh, we do have in the budget each year a small, small and you know, ratio to our budget, a line for some uh, purchasing of equipment, vehicles, and so forth. But Every so often we do a larger buy, and this year we're looking at uh, 10 police cruisers for the police department uh, to maintain. Um, keep in mind, folks, that police cruisers never shut down. They're going 24-7. The guys change, the car doesn't. One gets out, one gets in. Um, so these things are running all the time. So even if the mileage isn't a ton on it, the hours on the engine uh, and, and, and the uh, rest of it, uh, is, is it's worse actually for the car than... And of course, not that they're not cars anymore. We use the SUV, uh, SUVs now, uh, which are huge, particularly in the wintertime. I think in the old days, we used to put chains on the tires. And not that long ago, really, on yeah. the cruises, but now going to the um, uh, SUV units, you, you save that. Uh, they're much more effective in, in the bad weather. So we're doing that. We've, um, we've got all kinds of other equipment in here. Um, you know, the deputy chief vehicle, for example, it's car two as referred to in the fire department. And it's an important vehicle because it's outfitted with all kinds of um, particular needs for the deputy fire. When something happens, the deputy chief is in charge of that operation, unless the chief is around and takes over. But generally speaking, that's the role. Every There's four groups that work the fire department shifts, uh, and every group has a deputy chief. Then there's an administrative deputy, and then, of course, the chief. So the deputy would be in charge of, of the events that happen. This would be the vehicle that he uses each and every day with the equipment necessary that goes with it. We get thermal imaging pieces that, uh, that are part of this uh, request uh, that... Very important piece. Scuba gear too. For the, That's for another the, thing for the fire. That would be for police, I think, isn't it? Is it police or fire? I think, yeah. yeah. I think the um, well, they they both involved in that. First of all, let me say I should say right up front, we have outstanding police and fire departments. Right. We truly do. With our chiefs, with our leaders, with the uh, with the men and women that serve this department, they're so well educated, so well trained. We're constantly doing training, which which allows them to be as effective as they are. And I know. These days around the country and uh, in the press, it's easy picking on uh, police officers today. And uh, lack of respect, I think, is what's concerning to me. You have to have law and order. When we lose law and order, this country is going to be in deep trouble. And, and I don't like what I've seen. You know, For example, that stupid protest uh, going on last week in Boston. And these people pouring urine and That's chemicals insane. and stuff on the police officers. It's and, crazy. And, and, and you're just supposed to take that? And these people are supposed to be immune from prosecution? Uh, something wrong. I tell oh, you, there's no. something wrong. So anyway, fortunately, we're not experiencing that here in this great city of Quincy, and uh, we've got great police and fire departments, but there's a ton of stuff in here. Um, IT department, for example, they, they're they the backbone of all the systems of all our departments, uh, truly. So there's, there's improvements for the IT, which is virtualized digital environment servers and associated processes. 
I don't know what that means, Mark, <laughs> but uh, I know it serves our IT division. But the professionals, yeah. <laughs> Brian exactly. Gavin. Uh, Gavin does a great job there. Yes, he does. Um, we get a lot of stuff here. The public buildings, um, there's all kinds of things, boilers and water tanks and, and roofs and flooring, and we're still chipping away at removing asbestos in some of our buildings over time. I mean, none of it is, is um, in the air, It's but it's in a, some of the materials in the building. When you go to make any adjustment, you're supposed to address it at that time, so... Uh, we've got abatement, stuff like that. And the ADA compliance, that's another thing that, you know, the ADA law was passed a number of years ago by the federal government, and um, and it was time, no question about it. But you couldn't do it all at once. So as we make improvements to schools or roads, we make the adjustments and changes. Sure. And So, you know, you get all of these things. We get um, lighting, we get uh, carpeting issues, ceiling issues, shade issues, uh, you name it for the school buildings. Uh, there's a ton of it. North Quincy Library has had some problems the last uh Really came about the last couple of months. Um, a bad roof uh, leaking and some of the windows leaking. We had found some asbestos in there that were taken care of. So, you know, that was a big deal that we've got to get addressed as well. So there's a lot of um, lot of work in here. Oh, I should say uh, a lot of dollar amounts that reflect a lot of work to be done to our capital assets. Um, you know, there's another uh, general paving around schools and public buildings for a million dollars. We use... Chapter 90 money and other city money for the roads that we're working on now. And there's a lot of them being worked on as we speak. And I know I, know I hear from people that they don't like the disruption, but at the end of the day, they're going to have a brand new street. Sidewalks. So you and see gas, water main work being done. And then, of course, we go and do the roads, try to fix the curbing um, and do everything at once. So that's, uh, that's, that'll continue. Al Grazioso and his team continue to work hard on that. But around the school areas, anyone that has kids in the schools, the school yards are very important. And uh, when they start to decay and break down, uh, becomes tripping hazards, and becomes a problem for the kids in the schoolyard. So a number of the school buildings need major upgrade on the schoolyards, and this uh, this will address a number of those going forward. You know, and that's the kind of thing we would do probably during the summertime, obviously, when school is out, nobody's around, do the reclamation and do the repaving. And then, of course, on top of that, in a lot of the schoolyards, we get markings. They put, what was it, when you used to play, what, hopscotch? Is that what you used to play, Mark? <laughs> no, I didn't play hopscotch, but <laughs> oh, okay. uh, maybe, uh, I think you it was Tilly jump Winks, rope. wasn't it? Yeah, no, Tilly was Winks it? and jump rope, okay. yeah, that well, was a... <laughs> but I know one of the schools, they, they had like a, a map of the U.S. Yeah. Right, on, right on the pavement, all kinds of different things they do for games and for sure. educational interests, so... Hopefully we can get a lot of that done next summer. So there's a lot of a lot of things, a lot of items in here. Remember, folks, that this is a, a large city. We're the seventh largest in the Commonwealth. We have a lot of old infrastructure. We have a lot of terrific capital assets, and they need to be upgraded. They need to be maintained. In the old adage, you pay now, you pay later. When you pay later, you pay a lot more. So uh, plus, you're giving important. the tool. You're giving the tools to the departments that need that, that they need to operate. They need those. That's tools. right to get the job done. And, and you know, you brought up uh, police and fire and uh, first responders, and would be, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the incredibly beautiful uh, memorial service we had the other day in front of the fire fire department. That was a beautiful uh, memorial to September 11th. Quincy Fire has been doing that each year in front of the main firehouse. It is. It's. It really brings you back. Moving. Uh, it's incredible. Oh, um, you know. And of course, they. The firefighters and, and some of the police officers and some of our uh, EMS folks from Brewster are all there with us. Chief Cadigan did a nice job. and It's a stark reminder. It was 18 years ago. It's hard, hard to, believe. to believe. Hard to believe. But yeah. I made some remarks that morning, and I was, I was reflecting on that day here in Quincy. And at the time, there was a preliminary election going on. I was the park commissioner, and, and I remember getting a, a call from one of my uh, foremen saying, Hey, I just heard on the radio, uh, you might want to put the TV on. So I, I went to the office, put the TV on. And was watching it, and and I saw firsthand that that second plane hit the second building, and 
And it was just, it was like all surreal. It just, it, it's like you're watching some bad movie, you know. During the day, the, um, you know, they froze all air travel. So, there were the, you know, Quincy, we used to see in planes all day long, back and forth. And to see nothing, uh, it was just such an eerie feeling. And then, of course, as it continued to, the story came out on, on TV about, you know, the Pentagon and then the, the field in Pennsylvania. And, and, of course, at the time, nobody knew how extensive this was. Yeah. Uh, what else is next? Are we at war? Uh, watched a program the other night on the History Channel about uh, Air Force One, and the president, President Bush, was in Florida. And it was some kind of a literacy thing. He was reading to the kids, and, and, and you could see Andrew Codd come in and whisper in his ear, and you could see the face. As much as you could tell he was trying to keep a poker face, the expression on his face just changed dramatically. They then got as quickly as they could up in the air. But at the time, there were so-called threats uh, referred to the Air, uh, air Force One, which was referred to as Angel. A phone message came into the White House saying, Angel is next. The Air Force One is now flying around up there. He wants to get back to Washington. Yeah, the President, yeah. Secret Service saying, you're not going back to Washington until we know right. we're out of danger. You know, And so um, they made a couple stops. One in Colorado, which right. we have a, um, a strong command control presence there for a lot of our missiles around the world. Uh, he spent some time there, and then they, they flew, which fascinating story. And then... The, the gentleman, uh, the captain, I'm trying to think of his name now, but the, the pilot for the Air Force One, he flew to 45,000 feet. Normally, the highest they go is 30,000 feet, but to get away from any other potential threats, they went up high. It took them an hour to get coverage from military jets. Imagine that. The President yeah. of the United States, you're in the air. All these things are going on. They lost communication at one point. Right. It was really fascinating. And, uh, of course, out of all of this, and we must keep in mind, not only the devastation of what you witnessed, but the lives that were destroyed, the lives that were ruined, obviously the civilians that were killed that day, all those families that were affected by that, the first responders that were killed that day, many who died later of disease and cancer from all the chemicals that were in the air at the time when it happened. Let us always be mindful of the souls that passed and certainly the families that you know, continue to, to live and fight on uh, after this event. But out of all of this, you know, there was a commission afterwards and a lot of changes were made. We learn a lot when these things happen. A lot of changes were made at the federal level in so many different ways, communicating. Even the FAA and the military couldn't even talk on the same terminology about uh, what was going on in the, in the air. And they were trying to get help. And, and it's crazy. You well, think of yeah. these times that we live in, modern times that wouldn't go on. But So a lot of changes were made um, to deal with some of these things going forward. But... Um, you know, it's a reminder. I, kn- I know you used to hear from our parents, you know, you, uh, they remember exactly where they were and JFK was, was shot and killed and could tell you everything going on. And it, that was a moment, I think, for our generation, Mark. Um, and I, Life after, 2000, uh, after 9-11 is completely different from what it was before then. Certainly the is. The day before was a completely different world as it is now. Yep. yep. Yeah, it continues. Because I, of these coward terrorists, that's um, right. you know, for some sick, thing in their head they think they're going to go to heaven for yeah. for doing this kind of, it's just so so bizarre they just despise our way of life they despise the freedoms that we enjoy in this country and, I know. and it's a reminder you know when you hear people talk about we spend too much in the military you know it the, those events are stock reminders of wow that's why we need to give the uh, we talk about capital assets here mm-hmm. that's why we need to give the military the resources they need in a quick changing time with all the technology changes and all they have to keep up with this world and as we know, there's, uh, God created a great world, but there's evil in the world. Yeah. And there's people that despise this nation and what we stand for. And so we've got to protect the shores. We've got to protect our land. And I think that since that time, um, we've, the federal government, the presidents, and 
the agencies have done a real good job. There's so much more interaction between agencies and sharing of information, which is so important. That never happened before, and that was part of the trouble. I was I was in radio at the time, and, and I was down there two days later. Yeah, and I worked with Ray Flynn, the former mayor and ambassador of the Vatican. Mm-hmm. We went down there, and I got to kind of see. I got pretty close to the Ground Zero area. Yeah, and the smell and the smoke. Even two days later, it was just yeah. like it was just happening right then. It was just overwhelming. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. But all the fire departments from Wisconsin and everywhere, all over the all over the country. And, and and I did I did say it at the firehouse. It's it's also a reminder for all of us of, of what what our fire and police do every day. Yeah. they're out there every day in the front lines when something happens. You know, I mean, we we have great respect for our, our military serving around the world, our veterans, and all those that don the uniform, all corners of the earth to protect us, protect our freedoms. But it's our police and fire locally that are there immediately when something happens at the local level. And as you said after nine, who would ever thought would have that kind of an attack in our country? Let me ask um, you this. We have such a reverence for our veterans here in the city. We're build- you're building a bridge d- dedicated to generals. You're- we have so many great memorials and monuments mm-hmm. dedicated to our veterans. I think that that's one of the reasons why our first responders and our police and fire are so respected here. I think that'd be part of it. Uh, you know, you know, you earn respect. These, these departments and the men and women of these departments do an incredible job. People deal with them. You know, we're not New York City and we're not Mayberry. <laughs> you know, we're not, you know, we're a good sized city in Massachusetts, but we're not too big that people can't build relationships with, you know, our firefighters, our police uh, officers and so forth. So um, they do good stuff in the community beyond, you know, we use the term beyond the bell in school. You know, police and fire do things well beyond um, their work hours to help in the community and chip in on charitable things and events and things. So, no, if we have great departments. But yes, there's been a great tradition for a long time. And all you have to do is walk in the Hancock Cemetery. Pinell Cemetery, Mount Wallison Cemetery, any of the cemeteries, and see the veteran sections, read some of those names, look up some of those stories. It's remarkable how people of this city, each and every generation, stepped up to serve their country. Uh, you know, we lost, um, we lost 48 in Quincy from Vietnam. If you look at per capita, somebody pointed out to me one time, I forget the stats, Mark, but we're well above average for people serving for our population. I think that's true probably of, of Boston in general. There, there's definitely a, a stronger feeling, a stronger pride, I think, in, in what this nation is, what's it about, and how we need to defend our values and uh, defend that flag. And that flag has been defended by thousands and thousands, been defended by millions and hundreds of thousands have died defending it. And people should keep that in mind, too. When I see the disrespect flecked to the flag and people not taking the baseball hats out, the national anthem, and not putting their hands over their heart, I, I find that uh, I hope it's just ignorance and, and, and uh, not malice, but it, it's disappointing because that flag is so important, represents all the generations, it's all of us. That's, that's the greatest unifying yeah. symbol, and it ought to be. We should, and it's, and we're, we're a country that's not perfect. We know that. No country is perfect. But we've, uh, we strive for perfection in so many ways. And uh, So, yes, we have great, great veterans, great traditions of the city, outstanding first responders, and we should always be mindful of that. They put on the line each and every day. Well... Thank you, Mayor. That was a good. Uh, we've we had a lot of issues to talk about, but I think we're kind of we're mostly out of time. But I did want to mention a couple of things. Well, seawalls. We talked about that last week, but that's all being that that's being all part done of right it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a couple of events this weekend, don't we? Well, we do. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of events. I mean, the, the Chowder Fest is happening. That's a big thing that happens at House Neck every single every single year. That's happening on Saturday. Chowder Fest. The Chowder Chowder Fest in House Neck. Uh, the uh, Beach Bash at Avalon Beach. Right. That's sponsored by you and what council? Uh, what two? Council and, and um, President of the Council, Brad Kroll. 
That's fantastic. And also, we have a great country fest here. The first Hancock Adams Country Fest, the first annual. So we'll hopefully do this on a, on a yearly basis along with activating. You a country fan? I am a fan of some country, yeah. not all of it. I mean, because I'm a musician, I like all kinds of music. You're I a musician? Go, I, <laughs> I like classical. I like it all. I like rock. I like uh, you know, you name it. You've told us to you know we want to kind of. No, I think it's awesome. I, and and I do think country. Some um, more people are into country than when I was growing up. I never heard anyone listen to the country, but you, you know, hear more about. Do you today. know any country songs? So, uh, I'd have to go back to. Uh, uh, Conway Twitty, <laughs> Dolly Parton. On that note, Dolly Parton is still relevant. Uh, folks, we want you to go to uh, find. By the way, if you want to go to, uh, we had a great. There's a, a year anniversary of the Hancock Adams Common Open. Please go to our YouTube page. You can find it at City of Quincy. Just type that in uh, and subscribe to the page. You'll also find out you get notifications on all the videos that we throw up there. There's about 75 videos over the past year and a half or so. You can see some great videos, especially one that sort of brings up David McCullough. That's how we opened this show today, uh, the governor and uh, in the year anniversary of the Hancock Adams Common. So please do that. Also find us on Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast. And, Mayor, I think that's about enough. What do you think? Well, I think it's enough. All right. Thanks, we'll see you Mark. next time, everybody. Thanks.